Hey, welcome to the New Life Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us. New Life is one family, many churches, and we're located in Brisbane, Coolangatta, Moreton Bay, and Rabina. And we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. I'm excited you're joining us because we are in our vision series. And at New Life, Vision Sunday is not about what we're launching, but rather being reminded of who Jesus has called us to be. Over the next two weeks, we will look at what we believe are four key discipleship priorities that are central to what it means to see more people more like Jesus. When this happens, we believe God will usher in renewal in Australia as we outwork his plan and heart for our church. Welcome to Vision Sunday and enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Hopefully everyone's good this morning. That I couldn't have said that any better than Mike just said that then. That's what our Vision Sunday is all about this year. We believe if we go back to the basics of the Christian faith, if we are genuine disciples of Jesus, that'll bring transformation not only in our church, but in our community. Amen? And we believe, we, we are called, we, our mission statement is, New Life exists to see more people, more like Jesus, by planting and leaving thriving local churches. We didn't say large churches, we didn't say rich churches, we said thriving And thriving means we are all disciples of Jesus rowing in the same direction to bring people to the knowledge of Christ for the sake of the gospel. And we believe that there is four ways that we can do this as a church community and as individuals, and that's gathering the lost, gluing people into community, growing as disciples, and then going out on mission. You see, Vision Sundays for us is this recalibration of our hearts towards the mission of God. And today we're going to be looking at gathering the lost and gluing into community. And next week we'll be looking at growing as disciples and going on mission. But today I'm going to look at gathering and then David's going to get up and he's going to preach on gluing into community. So we're going to have a preach off. So you've got your scorecards there, you can score between us and David would win that anyway. So we all know who would win that, that, that competition. Where we're going is John 1, verse 35 to 50. And it says, The next day John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one who Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than that. 
Before I get into this message, I'd like to pray. Would you please join me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the recordings that we find in Scripture in this Gospel of John. How Jesus, you and the disciples are gathering people to yourself. Lord, I pray that you just help me preach this word with truth, with grace, and with love. Lord, in the end, they would be gathered to you. The only one who brings life and life in all its fullness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. My wife uh, is an evangelist. It's just this gift she has. You know, we, I got saved at 33. She got saved a couple of years later. But from the very moment she got saved, she just invites people to church. She just has this gift that no matter who we're talking to or what circumstance we're in, she just like says, oh, you should come to church. She's often sending like messages or prayers or um, sermons that we've preached here to people because she knows what they're going through. She's this person that just gets to know people. And she sends them these things because she wants them to come to know Jesus. And there's often times where me and Georgie were somewhere and we were talking with someone and, and she'll ask and say to them, oh, why don't you come along to church? And I'll just cringe, right? I'll be like, oh, don't ask that. They're going to say no, right? Because what I do is I judge people. It's a really bad thing that I do. I'm like, oh, they would never receive an invitation to church, so I'm not going to say anything. But the bad, bad thing about that is I'm actually saying the no for them. I'm not even given the opportunity to say no. How bad is that? But not my wife. She's constantly asking, hey, do you want to come to church? And I am surprised so many times when they go, oh, yeah, I'll come along. And this is what we see happening here in John chapter 1. What we see are different ways people are being gathered to Jesus. And the first is John the Baptist. It actually starts back in verse 29. It says, The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He makes this bold declaration of who Jesus is. It's John's testimony. And then he continues. He's like, My whole life has been preparing the way for this man. I've been telling you, this one that's going to come after me that was before me, this is the one. I saw the Spirit of God descend upon him and lay upon him. This is the Lamb of God that's going to take away the sin of the world. And from that first declaration, no one followed him. But then in verse 35, we pick it up and it says, The next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus pass by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. Then two of his disciples heard him say this. They followed Jesus. You see, John then points at him again. He goes, I'm telling you guys, this is the Lamb of God. This is the guy I'm talking about. This is the, the guy who's transformed my entire life. My whole life has been about him. You see, John used his time and his testimony to draw people to Jesus. Why did they follow him? Because of John's testimony, right? Because of what he said about Jesus. Do we know that people are drawn to testimony? Because real life transformation in other people, it sparks hope in us, right? That if it happened to them, that it could possibly happen to me too. Have you ever been inspired by a true story? You ever watched a movie of a true story or be inspired by someone sharing a story and you're like, man, I wish that happened to me. Well, this is what's happened here. It's powerful, isn't it? Testimony. Because we see story and we think to ourselves, there is hope for me and it can happen to me. You know, we can gather people to Jesus by sharing our experiences and sharing our transformation. You know, I was talking to one of the guys at work before I was in ministry when I was a crane driver, and I was talking to him about the transformation God had done in my heart. And he'd seen the transformation. He'd seen me before I was a Christian, and he'd seen me after. And he goes, I don't want to know about it. 
And I go, why? He goes, because if this Christianity thing is real, I can't do all the things I want to do. I can't, you know, drink. I can't look at porn. I can't do all these things. And I'm like, man, that's, that's not what it is. It's not now that I've become a Christian, I've got these lists of things that I can't do. God's transformed my heart. He's given me a new heart, a new spirit. I don't desire any of that stuff now. And I've actually found life and life in all its fullness. Enjoy all those things were killing me before. I could just use that testimony to try and gather him to Jesus. But we all have a testimony to, sh- to share. Not just about how we got saved, but by how, by how God is working in us and through us in our lives now and in the past. So the question is, what's the testimony that you can share to actually point people to Jesus, to gather them to him? Because it was John's testimony that made Andrew follow Jesus. And then verse 40, it says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the the two who heard what John had said and who followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we've found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. So the first thing Andrew does after meeting Jesus, spending an afternoon with him, a day with him, he goes, I've got to go and get someone. I have relationship with my brother. I'm going to go and grab him. It's not like there was an invitation. There was nothing. He just went and grabbed him. It says he just brought him to Jesus, right? But how did he bring him to Jesus? It was through relationship. You might say, well, that's his brother. Of course, but many of us don't speak with family and friends, right? Some of those relationships are fractured. But clearly here he had a good enough relationship with his brother that he could just simply bring him and say, come along, I'm going to show you something. So it's a great place to start for us, right? That we can build relationship with people. So my question is, who are you building relationship with? Who are you bringing into your life to show them the love, the mercy, and the grace of God? That you might be able to invite them into hospitality. It might be just a meal at your house. It's not like, do you want to come? It's like, hey, come, come have dinner with us. We would love to spend time with you, build relationship with you. Then they can see how you live the Christian life. It's full of hope and joy and love, and maybe that would help them gather them to Jesus. You know, this happened for me with my grandparents. My grandparents lived up here in Currumbin, and I used to live in Sydney when I was a young boy, and we'd come up on holidays. And they were Christians, and, and I wasn't at the time. And every time we came up, I just saw the difference in them. They were so full of love, of mercy, of grace. I saw how they lived their life and they had such joy. And it was just this witness and testimony to me of, of what God can do and, and how God can bring life into a family. And I remember when I was 33 and I was thinking, I ought to go check this Christianity thing out. They came to mind. I thought, yeah, that's the life I want. And I knew they went to a uniting church. So I went, I'm just going to look up a uniting church. And the closest one was Rabina. And I walked into Rabina and was touched by the gospel. You see, it was the relationship that I had with them that drew me to Christ, not straight away, but further down the track in my life. You know, what can you do? Where are the areas that you have influence? Maybe it's your local events that you have in your, in your local community. Maybe it's the sports teams you're part of. Maybe it's your local barista. You see, relationship was key here with Andrew and Simon, bringing him to Jesus. So simply getting to know people, building relationship with them can be a way that we can draw them. You see, when we really know people and they trust that we love them, there's a higher chance that they'll actually be open to meet Jesus. So who are you in relationship with? Then Jesus gets involved. In the next verse, in verse 43, it says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. 
I love it. There's just moments in Scripture where there's just nothing around it other than that. Jesus is like, follow me. And Philip's like, he just starts to follow. There's no discussion. Jesus just calls him. But this is awesome because do we know that God gathers people to himself as well? Like God is working in people's hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit to gather people to himself. There's so many people that come here to new life. And when I ask them, oh, what brought you? Did you get invited? Did you find us on social media? It's like, no, I've just been walking past the last couple of months and I've just felt this drawing. Just felt like I I should go in there. I've just felt something inside of me drawing me to this. You see, God's drawing them by his Holy Spirit that they would come. You know, that was much my story when I was sitting on my bed one day. And I was thinking, I have it all. I have the perfect life. I've got a beautiful wife, two kids, a house at Burley. From the outside, my life was absolutely perfect. But on the inside, I had no purpose. I had no meaning. I had no direction in my life. I thought, this can't be what life has to offer because I've had all of it. And I feel empty. And I remember God just speaking to me, just come. Come and see. And so I did. I went to a church. But then what does that mean for us? Sitting here today, what's our responsibility if God draws people? Well, we need to be church that's accepting and a hospital to all kinds of people that, that God draws. What if I walked into a bad church for that first time when no one accepted me, no one loved me, no one received me? I would have walked away from God. Let that not be our church, amen? We need to be a loving Christian community. And all of us should actually be looking out for new people. If we see someone sitting by themselves or not talking to anyone, we should be going up to them and chatting to them and saying hi. Just take courage. Say hi. Maybe that's the only conversation they've had all week. And you might go, well, that's your job. You're the ministry team. We are the church. The Bible is very clear. This is a gathering of believers coming together to love and support each other. It's all of our mission. On a Sunday throughout the week, it's our mission to gather people to Jesus. And Philip was gathered to Jesus Um, And then what he does is he immediately finds Nathanael. Philip then found Nathanael and told him, we found the one who Moses wrote about in the law and whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asks. Come and see, said Philip. What we just see here is this, this, this simple invitation to Nathanael from Philip. It's just like, hey, We've found the one who the Moses and the law have spoken about. Come, come and meet him. And he actually gets this pushback, right? He's like, ah, can anything good come from there? And he just persists and he's like, hey, why don't, why don't you just come and see? You know, Georgie, my wife, she's perfect at this like simple invitation. She's just so loving. She's like, hey, why don't you come to church? Why don't you try it out? You know, we get so scared with this simple invitation, but that's all it is. People who don't want to come to church, they just go, no. There's no skin off our nose really, is it? I mean, they know you're a Christian. They're not shocked that you asked them. It's not shocked you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they invited me to church. It's like, yeah, well, I would expect that. But if we don't give that simple invitation, what we're doing is we're saying the no for them. So what initially brought you to church? I bet a high percentage of you came to church through an invite of some sort. The Billy Graham Association, they conducted a national survey and came up with these statistics by asking people in church how they were gathered to Jesus, how they were gathered to the gospel through the local church. And here are the stats. Six to eight percent walked in on their own initiative. So that's just God drawing them into church. And then they're they're meeting the local church, the local community, and they're hospitable and loving that they may present them the gospel. Two to three liked a program offered. 
8 to 10% like the pastor or person. Again, that's a building relationship, right? They've built relationship with them that they're able just to bring them. 3 to 4% had a need met by the church. That would be local mission. That's our love and hospitality out into the local community. And we have multiple things that you can get involved in. We have work in the school down here, the local school, the aged care facility, and also a homeless centre, Blair Athol. We do work with all of them. Some of them came through that. 1 to 2% were evangelised. That means people sharing of their faith, sharing their testimony of what God's done. They've come. Two, 3 to 4% attracted by Sunday school. That's why New Life will always have a kids' ministry. We believe in the next generation, that we would not be the last, but we would feed into the next generation, that they would be discipled, not just looked after, but fully discipled. But then 70 to 85% were invited by a relative or friend. The simple invitation. That means the average is 83% came because of an invite. Do we understand the power of a simple invitation? But the server also showed that the average Christian has seven unchurched people that they have a personal relationship with, which means we have plenty of people we can invite into relationship with Jesus. We have plenty of people that we can gather to the gospel. And what they did is they didn't only survey the people in church, they surveyed non-Christians outside the church. And 82% of them said they would come to church with a friend or relative if invited. That's eight out of 10 people. You see, simply just this invitation to come and see just like in this passage of scripture in John chapter 1 what if we were all committed to inviting just one person to church this year just one there's about 300 people that call new life cool and get a home we would see over 200 people come and hear the gospel maybe for the first time who is excited about that and why would we do that in the hope that they would meet Jesus and be transformed by the gospel And this is what happened with this simple invitation to Nathanael. It did blossom into faith. It says, When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. He says, How do you know me? How do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree. Now we don't know what happened there. We don't know why those words touched Nathaniel so deeply, but I can imagine he's maybe under the fig tree and he's praying to God going, do you even see me? Do you even know what I'm going through? And then Jesus comes in and goes, I saw you. And that's just touched his heart. Do you know that God sees you? And not only does he see you, he actually loves you. He cares about you. He wants to gather you to himself. That's the whole point of him coming coming in the flesh, that he would reveal the character and nature of God. That's the whole reason why he went to the cross, to restore that broken relationship through sin that we did, that separated us from the love of God. That he said, I'm going to come, I'm going to put on human flesh, and I'm going to take your sin upon the cross to restore this relationship, that we would have intimacy. I want to gather you all to myself. This is the invitation that we have. This is what we hope people feel and receive when they come and Nathaniel's response to Jesus is you are the son of God the king of Israel it's this declaration of faith and this is our hope and our heart to see people encounter Jesus believe and be saved amen amen you know I came to church and I heard the gospel and it has transformed my entire life 
Jesus just didn't leave me there. It's not about just believing. It's about being transformed by the gospel, by the Spirit of God. If you knew me before, it's a totally different story to the man I am today. He brought me life and life to the full. Can you think of anyone in your life that you would love to see transformed by Jesus in the gospel? Anyone? Church, true disciples of Jesus, they're gatherers. Charles Spurgeon says, Have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. You see, when we are saved by the grace of God, when we meet Jesus, the first thing the disciples do, every one of us, they go and tell someone else. They go and grab someone else. They're like, I have met the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's given me life. Come and see. That's the heart of a true disciple. True disciples of Jesus, they have a heart for the lost and desire to gather them to the gospel. You know, there are lots of ways that we can gather people to Jesus and the gospel. It can be through your testimony. It can be the sharing of your faith with others. And sometimes we won't see the fruit of that. It's through relationships, right? It's about bringing people into your lives, showing them the mercy and the grace and the transformation of God and how we live. It's through welcoming people that Jesus draws, that we're all on mission in our community, but also in our church on Sunday. And it's through simple invitation of, hey, why don't you just come and see? So in the moment, I'm going to pray. But before I do that, that's what the cards are for. We're asking that you would pray and you would ask God, well, what are you asking me to do? Are you asking me to share my faith more often? Maybe there's a name that you'll write there that you want to invite to church. Maybe you're asking God, who do you want me to get into relationship with that they may see your goodness, your mercy, and your love? Lord, who are you asking me just to simply invite? So you can just write that down and, and put that down that you would commit that to the Lord. So I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, that, Lord, you draw us to yourself. Lord, even though we, we rejected you and we sinned against you, your love drove you to come and to die on the cross for us, that we would be restored in relationship with you. God, give us your heart. Give us your heart for the lost, for those that don't know you, that they would experience what we've experienced forgiveness and life and life to the full. Come Holy Spirit, speak to us the now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you and you'd like prayer or maybe you'd like to join us in the mission of seeing more people more like Jesus, you can contact us through our website, church.nu, or you can reach out through our Instagram or Facebook pages. We pray that you have a great week. Be blessed.